Welcome to Wrestling Retro Rewind. Now, a couple of weeks ago, poor Paul Orndorff died. He's dead now. And by this time, he's well underground. He's rotting. His pin arm is getting skinnier. But we had a discussion. <laughs> Brandon was out of town, so we skipped a little. We skipped our uh, our retro, which we covered last week. But this week, we had a little discussion, and Chris wanted to honor Paul Orndorff, so he selected a couple of things. Chris is losing his composure. Chris, what's wrong? Why do you hate him so much? Hate who? Orndorff. I don't. I'm just standing. He's the, rotting. I'm, I'm just stating the, the facts of biology. Decay is part of life. The circle of life, my friend. Brandon, do you agree with me? Jimmy does enjoy indulging in, in death. Death. Death, life, rebirth. Yes. Life, the beginning, death. the end. It's all the same thing. Time's a flat circle. What was it? What was it? The beginning is the end. The beginning is the end. Space time. Um, Space time. So anyway, as I was saying. So Chris selected a couple of matches for... Um, some Not really matches. Chris selected two um, segments from 80s WWE, WWF, involving Paul Orndorff. Some of the most memorable segments he's been involved in. But as we were talking, we started to discuss other things. One of which that always stuck with me, we talked about our like the memories that stuck with us most about Rowdy Rowdy or Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Sorry, he's dead too. He's way rotted. He doesn't just have a skinny arm; he's just a skeleton now. Um, but Paul Orndorff, for me, some of the things that like stuck in my head the most was a Saturday Night's main event where he faced Hulk Hogan, and Adrian Adonis ran into the ring dressed up like a grandmom, which was amazing. And also, Paul Orndorff getting injured in WCW with his skinny-ass fucking arm. So we're going to talk about these events. We'll start off with the oldest one, which is Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's training for WrestleMania, and he's got his crew with him. Chris, I'm going to let you start off. Let's describe this video for the listeners, please. Yeah, so, I mean, just to rewind it, it was, uh, you know, you go all the way back before that. We're, we're, we're in the lead-up to WrestleMania 1. Uh, the main event is going to be Hulk Hogan and the ever so talented Mr. T versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who didn't feel that Mr. T should be in wrestling and had been verbally abusing him for weeks and making fun of his hair, which I to this day still believe that Mr. T really did really get mad because he couldn't understand that wrestling was not real. Um <laughs> And uh, so it was Roddy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff and uh, Cowboy Bob Orton in their corner. Bob Orton, who at the time had a broken arm that lasted for like another five years. Um, so, yeah, what, what you were saying before, though, like with a lot of these older WWE things, it's not about the match. It's about everything that went alongside of the matches because the matches by today's standards, a lot of people wouldn't find them as entertaining as we did back then. I mean, I know it's, you know, it's kind of an old match to watch or whatever, but it's all these crazy fucking promos that they would do leading up to it. 
uh, shit that they would never do, things that they could never say, and rightfully so these days, because um, we're going to get into one right now. Uh, yeah, so w- it's the lead up to WrestleMania, and we see the Mid-City Gym in Midtown Manhattan and Gene Okerlund standing outside. He walks into the gym, and they're not working out. Piper and Orndorff are in a trance, I guess you could say. First of all, it's fucking bizarre. And I remember seeing it as a kid, thinking it was fucking bizarre. It was kind of scary as a kid. It was. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, during this time, I'm just going to cut in real quick. During this time, I'm going to go in a little sidebar. During this time, Saturday Night Live did had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T as the hosts. And in the middle of Saturday Night Live, they cut to Piper's pit and Piper started yelling at the TV. And I got scared. Because, you know, at the time, I didn't realize that Vince McMahon and fucking Dick Ebersol were fucking best friends. <laughs> and Dick Ebersol was like, sure, you can have a whole commercial block on Saturday Night Live for, for uh, WrestleMania. But, um, you know, a lot of these were like we were little kids and those lines would blur. The two scariest things for me as a kid were one, demons, and two, adult male anger. Seeing a grown adult man when you're like seven freak out is terrifying. What do you think about that, Jim? What's that, Chris? What do you think about that, Jim? You have any experience with that? Um, I'm car- I've been carrying it for 47 years now. The experience. Okay, just ask, just asking. I've never been able to get rid of it. Yeah, that type of behavior by a grown man leads to other grown men spending thousands of dollars trying to recapture their the fun times of their childhood by buying GI Joe action figures. Right. Um. So anyway, let's get back to it. So we get. Yeah, so anyway. Mean Gene's in the gym. He's trying to get the attention of Orndorff and Piper. Bob, uh, 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 Randy, Randy, Bob Orton. Bob, Bob Orton is um, tra- telling him he shouldn't have come and telling him to stay away and telling him that he's they're, they're, they're preparing and you shouldn't be here. He fought, Gene Oakland finally gets Piper's attention where he starts making these uh, cat slash snake Oh, he's a cat. <laughs> I mean, he's got his hood up and he's he's sorry I, was laughing so I don't know how Okerlin kept it to fuck together how did Okerlin keep it together I don't know because man. I've seen plenty of promos that aired that Okerlin could fucking not keep it together so right. I don't know how the fuck he did this so finally, Orndorff wakes up. Piper wakes up. They start telling Mean Gene, you shouldn't have come here. They're roughing Mean Gene up, which we never saw. Nobody ever touched Mean Gene. Gene starts asking questions about how the, why are they preparing? How is this preparing? And they're talking about, about you know, of course, Piper brings up Mr. T's hair. Piper legitimately, we found out later years, hated Mr. T. Um, and then Orndorff calls Mr. T a black scum. I think he says that. Brandon. I must have rewound it ten times. Brandon, Brandon. Let's hear your thoughts on this. That one's that one snuck past me. Yeah, I didn't hear that. I, 
Yeah. Because Okerlund, hold on, Okerlund goes, now that's not nice. Black scum? Yeah, and I think what he's saying is, is they're like, they're scum. They're like, he's not, I don't think he's going down a racial road. And I think that's when Okerlund, because Orndorff kind of gets like, when you watch it, Orndorff just cuts off what he's saying. Yeah. And I think he went down a road and was like, shit, I need to stop talking. Like, like, but this was you a know? pre-recorded segment. They could have just read it. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we they don't do it in AEW now. So, yeah. uh, you know, you know, what are you going to, you know what I mean? Brandon, so go yeah. ahead. Brandon. Your, your opinion so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I we're reviewing four segments in a row and I watch these in the strangest fucking order. Cause I went through like the full gamut of perspectives on Paul Orndorff within a 45 minute period. But this was probably the high point for me. Um, I, my entire head is full of just one liners that I've collected over my life that I don't know. It's a, most of the stuff that I say back to people, is some shit I heard somewhere else that made me laugh. And I got two of them in a five minute segment here. Uh, what are you doing? Getting psychologically ready to destroy two geeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hilarious. That'll be stuck in my head for the rest of my life. What are you doing over here? I'm just getting psychologically ready to destroy two geeks. And Gene Oakland trying to calm down Paul Orndorff and saying that he's impressed. And he goes, you're impressed. You would be. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> then they t- they take uh, Gene and they chuck him out in the middle of the street and tell him to get lost. Well, first they bring out weight belts and oh, beat that's him with right. them. They beat it and they beat up some jobber out of the middle. And they, they throw him out. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead, continue. Anyway, they're gonna rough. They're gonna rope Oakland up. They, uh, you know, he, they, we told you not to come. We told you not to come. <laughs> So anyway, it cuts the outside. They're stuffing, they're stuffing Oakland through the door, and then some guy runs up to help Oakland. Some jobber runs up to help Oakland. They start beating the shit out of him in the street. And of course, Oakland being Oakland, oh my God, leave the man alone because Oakland's fucking ruled. And Oakland's, oh no, stop it. He hasn't done anything to anybody. And I swear, you can hear other people in the street like, oh my God. What are they- Yes. Yeah, you can see oh, people people watching it. They're in the street when this is going on. Some guys are laughing. It's so good. Oh my god. Oh god, I just wrestling. It's so good. Brandon, go ahead. Could I was trying to think when I was watching this, like could Chris nailed it. Like the the promos are what really makes this what it is when you're watching back and just being like, why was wrestling so popular in the eighties? It's it, and you watch something like this. You're like, Oh, that's why I um, could anybody today pull this off and have it not just be completely silly. Maybe Rusev. I don't, I don't know if any wrestler I can think of could not look like a complete fool meditating, getting up and going through this whole thing. No, I, I think that, you have to commit to the character, and none of these guys commit to the character the way they used to. You know what I mean? Like, it's convincing yourself it was this was a real fight. You had to be convinced to it. Well, I think I think a, a lot of the a, also a lot of the problem with wrestling today that makes it so much different than before uh, with the heels is is that nobody really I don't think very few very few people truly embrace being someone that's hated. Roman Reigns. There, 
That's he it. has. Roman Reigns is Roman the Reigns only one. Has. Nobody commits to it. That's why all the heels in they all. That's why you get these snarky heels, and they all have these characters. But there's always something about them for you to like, right? Even Ric Flair, one of the biggest heels of all time, he was never really a fucking heel. If you watch those old WCW Saturday nights, like the original ones on TBS, where he's standing behind that table, people in that studio are going batshit for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there are very few. Roman Reigns is probably the only one right now that I can think of. You're right. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. That actually embraces the fact that I'm not a bad guy that has qualities that people like. I'm just a fucking asshole. Right. I love Everyone it. hate me. Yes. And it took years yeah, to Paul build him to was, Paul Undorf was great at yeah. that. You know, embraced being a heel, not this you know, semi quasi bad guy, good guy that, that that all of them are now because you need that. They want that merch money. Yeah, I get it. No, I, it makes sense. Also, you know, you have the the Stone Cold thing where Stone Cold is good guy, bad guy, whatever he was. So the anti hero tends to be like. I don't think I think Vince never got over the anti hero thing. He never got. Yeah. Like, it never evolved for him where he said, like, anti-heroes are good guys. No, they're still bad guys because they're against me, and I'm the good guy. I don't know. Vince so, was a great bad guy, though. But people Vince cheered was, him. Yeah. People cheered him. Because he was so over the top. Yeah. He did um, try to fight God. <laughs> so anyway. Which, Brandon, we'll have, said, to, we'll have to cover that at some point. But, go ahead. Yeah. So he, but yeah, I mean, back to your point, it's like, you know, Whenever people are like, well, yeah, I mean, the 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 midi the 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 anti-hero thing can work. I mean, it can work. It's worked before. It's Stone Cold. It's like, okay, you just pulled out probably one of the greatest characters greatest in professional wrestling history wrestling. as your example of something working all the time. Yeah. Uh, I had an I had a discussion, let's say, after the McGregor Poirier fight with somebody. I I said, you know, he's playing this weird heel and it doesn't make any sense. And he says, yeah, but he's not really like people love him. And I'm like. People cheer him. And I said, you're pulling out the exception to the rule. Do you know why people cheer Conor McGregor, no matter what he says or does? And this is in real life, whether he's acting or he's actually this person. There's a reason why people cheer him. And it's when he comes out to that ring, he's got that Irish flag draped around Mm -hmm. him. And right there, you're our guy. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't think of the word. It's diaspora. That's the people around the world that are Irish, where people from Ireland rule, but the diaspora sucks. People Ah. that say they're Irish suck. Gotcha. 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 (laughs) That's the word you were thinking. Brandon, any final thoughts on Roddy Piper in the gym? Go ahead. No, I mean, uh, like I said, five-minute video, two lines I'll never forget out of it. It's definitely going to be something that I force other people to watch going forward. So please watch it. Oh, it's a classic. You have to watch it. If and you, this is go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I, I, this is. I just wanted to add. I forgot to add this. This is Russ, pre-WrestleMania one. So this is pre-Bruce Pritchard uh, uh, producing segments. The, and even when he did it, it was here's the camera go. Right. Now you'll never see anything just because so many. This is like you know, look when you back to what you were saying. Are we ever going to be able to see a character that's able to pull this off without looking silly? It's partially going to be on the the guy playing the role because they're not 
truly bought into it. But the other thing is, is that you have so many creative fingers in there that aren't, this is not only is it creative, it's creative from old school wrestling mentality, not new school wrestling. It's a television show mentality, mm. right? So they would just gorilla shoot it in the fucking, in a, uh, in a gym somewhere. Right. And then when you c- come pouring out on the street and then some job guy gets beat up, you have random pedestrians fucking laughing because it's so silly looking. So stupid looking. You know what I mean? And they're like, what are these fucking guys doing? You know? And I guarantee you, this is also 1984. I would probably say late 84 because Mania was 85. So late 84. Yo, a lot of people would have known who Roddy Piper was. But there's also a lot of people that wouldn't. Have right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like today. Fucking if you see um, John Cena. Yeah. Let's say John Cena. John Cena. Well, John Cena's a little different. A bad, bad example. But let's Seth say Seth Rollins. Say Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. If you see Seth Rollins on the street, even people who don't who don't watch wrestling are going to go, I've seen that guy on TV. Whether it be flipping the channels, seeing him on a commercial for Raw while while they're watching reruns of NCIS, whatever, they're going to recognize that guy. Right. You know who they won't recognize? Kenny Omega. All right, let's move on. Um, how about this one? Paul Orndorff in the gym. We uh, visit Paul, Paul Orndorff. Go ahead. Paul Orndorff uh, decides to invite WWE into his training regimen. And personal training regimen? Personal training regimen, but he's coaching people. Go ahead, Chris. This this gives off big uh, – something else we re- reviewed uh, – uh, Dr. D. David Schultz vibes, this one. Uh, this is not for the light of heart, this one. <laughs> so, how do I even start this one? How about this? When you bring it up, you got to squeeze. So, so we cut to a gym where Paul Orndorff, the bad guy in wrestling, is going to train some people. He's a personal trainer, right? So he... It starts off where he's kind of looking up and down the people that he's going to train. And just there, like, you know, talk about motivation. I, this guy is just shitting on fucking it. Look, like, look at you. You're fat. Oh, <laughs> Meanwhile, God. one of the dudes is in tremendous fucking shape. Yeah, but he says he'll never be. You'll he'll, never be as big as You'll me. never be as big as me, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. You don't care enough about your looks. Look at your hair. You got to get a haircut. Like he's got yeah, something to rag on everybody. He, everybody gets shit all over. But that that woman, <laughs> that woman, <laughs> who has to be. I mean, if if you listen to, I think it's uh, Pritchard's podcast, and he talks about these segments they used to do where they would record them. These women all that were that would get abused in all these segments all worked in Vince's office. They were all friends of the McMahons. They worked in accounting. They were a secretary, his assistant. All like old school New York girls, and man, <laughs> they abuse the shit out of them in these things. Go ahead. This is the shit out of them. Go ahead, Chris. So yeah, so he starts off with the guys in the gym, telling them how they're not doing this right. You ain't got enough weight. You got to bring it up, squeeze it. Think about the muscle, let it down slow. <laughs> Think about the muscle, and let it down slow. And it's funny because I took Think about the muscle into the gym with me the other day after watching this. <laughs> the muscle and let it down so look at you you don't even you ain't got enough weight on there he takes it out he puts the whole fucking rack on and makes it now give me 30 of that makes him curl the whole fucking rack this isn't this is just the beginning then we get the woman 
and he sends her over to the Nautilus. He's in a Nautilus gym, and Nautilus is essentially the uh, – it was a workout system where you went through a series of machines, and they all had double functions. She's on the bench press machine. And buckle yourself in there. She can't get the seatbelt buckled. So he starts ragging on her. Haven't you ever been on a plane? Of course before? you haven't. Of course you haven't. Now understand that when Paul Orndorff, Paul, there's nothing gentle about Paul Orndorff. I mean, he even talks like like he talks like you would assume a stone would talk. <laughs> that doesn't sound like that. You don't do that like that. Of course you haven't done that like that. Fucking amazing. Brandon, he let's says, get some thoughts. Let's get some thoughts from Brandon real quick. Yeah, Brennan is ahead. fresh off of this video. He just watched it before we record. Go ahead. Yeah, not for the faint of heart is the best way to put it, because it, it starts off pretty funny. He's going through the guys, and then there's Chris reference. He cuts over to this poor, what I would describe as just a, a normal-looking woman, an average woman, and immediately she's getting trashed way worse than the guys that – he, I think the first thing that he says, and I'm going, oh, no, please, like, treat her a little better. The first thing he says is, this woman right here is totally so far gone yep. that I don't know if there's anything that could be done for her. <laughs> he keeps putting his hands to his head like his mind is blown that she could look like and this. What a, tra- and, what a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. What a motivator. Step step one, dis- destroy all hope. <laughs> And, and he spends a, another minute on the first machine obliterating her. And then I think he, like Chris described her, the stone expressed one ounce of emotion. I think he felt bad. And his compliment to her is he goes, she does have all her teeth. I will say that. <laughs> Most fat women don't have teeth. Like as if she's just been going through so many corn cobs that they're just starting to to fall out. <laughs> she's eating she's eating like lobsters through the shell. Oh god. Her, her shit out exploded. of her. She's cracking walnuts with her teeth. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, it gets it gets worse cuz she's going to make it from the chest press to the tricep machine. <laughs> And when he gets her to the tricep machine, he's ramming her into it because she goes. This is when it completely went off the rails for here. Goes off the rails. He's packing her in like he's he's packing her in like he's jamming a cannonball into into a cannon (laughs) with a stick. He's going look out, God, I can't even. He says to her, he says, "You got, I guarantee you, you sitting at that table when everybody else is going to bed, you're still sitting at that table eating, ain't you?" He goes, yes. Oh, God. Yeah, he packs her into the the seat and just mumbles under his breath, oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Then, then he has her, give me 30 or give me 20 of those. She's like, I can't do that. You're quitting already. It's because you quit. You don't quit eating. (laughs) I can't. Then when, wait, wait, wait. Then when she, no, then she, he says, then he, then they get done. She can't do anymore. They get done. He walks away and she goes, can you help me out? You got yourself into it. Get yourself out. Good, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, she says, I can't do that many. And she goes, he goes, this is why you got so fat. You argue all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he says, 
right, Your husband right tells right. you to get away from the table and you arguing. <laughs> I can't. This oh, is terrible. So Never bad. speak to women like this. Never speak to anyone like this. But this is, uh, I don't know, in time and place, this is fucking hilarious. It's, it's fucking context. It's, it's fucking so bananas. over the top and insane. So bad. Listen, hold on, though. I don't condone this type of behavior. Or maybe I do. No, I don't. He is a bad guy. He is evil. This is the way bad guys behave. He's not supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll take care of you. No, he's going to say, I'm not doing that. You're fat. What I'm saying, embracing being a fucking heel. Being evil. There is nothing likable about this man. Nothing. Her. She just, like, accepts the abuse. He's walking towards the mirror. She grabs him around the waist and he says, get your hands off me, you fat pig. Get out of my gym. Which, why would she do that? I don't know. Why did she grab him? Why not? He's so mean. You don't want to touch him. Because he's number wonderful. But she, he kicks her out, and then she doesn't leave, though. She, she doesn't leave. She's there at the end. He's oh. calling them common people. You will never look like this. Get that out of your head right now. I'm going to show you the lat shot, yeah. and here's the this shot, and here's this bicep shot. Oh. That's, back, that's back in the day when bodybuilder equaled athleticism. Yes, which it doesn't. Which we all know is yes. not true. Which uh, I I forget who was talking about Triple H when he showed up in WCW. He was a bodybuilder, but he was yeah. a terrible athlete. He had no, his no work his work was awful, was like he was terrible. And they had to teach him how to do it. Excellent, excellent, Brandon. Final thoughts on the uh, on your exposure to Orndorff's gym. Would you sign up if you can get past that moment in this video where the woman clearly realizes she's not getting paid enough to take this level of abuse and and still enjoy it, it's worth watching. No, yes. but no, I fuck no. This is trigger warning. That's a trigger warning, that one. Fucking Orndorff's gym. Trigger warning. Watch right. it. Next up. Gird your loins and watch it. One of the most memorable turns in WWF history was when Paul Orndorff, who was Hulk Hogan's buddy suddenly. <laughs> well, can we get into that? Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about it. Go ahead. All go. right, so after WrestleMania one. It isn't Piper's fault they lost. Piper didn't get pinned. Orndorff got pinned. Because, of course, Piper wasn't taking a pin. He was too. So he didn't get pinned. Orndorff takes the pin. And they slowly start needling Orndorff and blaming him for the loss at WrestleMania, which causes its face turn. So now he's buddies with Hulk Hogan. But he gets swayed to the dark side by the mind of Bobby the Brain Heenan, who, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched the match where he was a manager in so long, and god damn, he was so fucking good. I'm glad I introduced this, because watching this brought back a lot of memories of us as kids, watching this over and over again on the tapes. Over and over again we watched it, yeah. And also, how fucking good the Brain was, and how good Jesse Ventura was on yes. fucking commentary where he's the heel. We talked about this before. We talk about it all the time with, with WWE's obsession with the heel commentator. But 
Jesse Ventura was so good at being one that made sense. Where his arguments make sense. Well, what what if, what if this was happening? Shut up, uh, Vince or whoever he was. I mean, he's Vince was, in this match. It's either him or Gino. Yeah, either yeah. him or, or Monsoon. Yeah. But go ahead, Chris. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to. So anyway, it leads us to a match at Saturday Night Main Event. Now, you talk about embracing being a heel. Orndorff does the most heely fucking thing you could possibly do. He steals Hulk Hogan's theme music. Right. So now when you're doing the house shows and you're doing television tapings, Hulk Hogan's theme song comes on. Because remember, Hulk Hogan never wrestled on TV. Right. It's he would never you had to pay to go. See you him had to pay to go see him. Yeah. Yeah. He was a house show guy constantly, but not on TV. So people would go to the TV tapings wherever they would do them up in Allentown or wherever they would do them. And they would hear Hogan's I am a real American and go batshit. And Paul Orndorff would come out. And Ultimate fucking heel move. And he would do the ear and he would do the flex. So we get a little promo beforehand where he talks about how he's got a surprise. The surprise is uh, Hogan's music. He comes out, um, followed by Hulk, who is so pissed off. Hulk actually cuts a really good promo where he compares himself to God. Yes. Um, he keeps then, pointing to the to – the, the, he never says God, but he says – He's pointing yeah. to the guy up well, top. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like a lot he's of pointing. Very he's a very religious man. Very, very religious man. Yes, definitely. <laughs> very pious, that whole Hogan. Very true. Throwing around the N-word. He loves using that. Yeah. Only I mean, it's okay. Listen, creation it's okay. of the maniacs. Go ahead, Chris. Listen, All right, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. So, only when it comes to the creation of the Hulkamaniacs, yes. then it, their yeah. origin story is is very religious I'm sorry yes, he needs jesus no, christ right. he needs jesus christ the lord's savior to uh to introduce <laughs> but go ahead chris and then you uh yeah you can use you it's not bad to use the n-word it's just bad to get caught according to him if yep. we remember the report of his apology yep yeah so anyway uh let's get off that because that's no fun this is fun hulk hogan goes to the ring me gene's gonna <laughs> interview him <laughs> He tosses him aside. I didn't remember that. Yep. Get him out of my way, me. Puts him down, and he just starts going. He's got the points going. Everybody's going crazy. And Jesse goes, Jesse Ventura is like, did you see him manhandle Yeah, yeah. He, look, the great thing about Ventura was is Ventura took every opportunity to take a shit on what he, legitimately what he was doing. Yes. Whatever it was he did, this is how the heel announcer used to work. Whatever it was he did, whether it be good or bad, he's well, if it was, especially if it was good, if it, whatever it was, he would spin it to make it look like he was an asshole for doing that. Right. Go ahead, Brandon. You you know? to say? Uh, I think every time I watch a Hulk Hogan match, I'm just like, man, this guy talk about minimal effort, maximum output. There's it's just clothesline. Wave to the crowd, leg drop, wave to the crowd. So you just inevitably w end up watching the other guy for the majority of this match. And yeah. like when I was a kid, I always when we, I would fuck around and wrestle with my friends, it always got more enjoyment out of being the guy that got beat up and just overselling everything mm -hmm. just because that was way more entertaining. And watching Orndorff do this in this match is like why I think why the matches like this is why I got into that. He just does such a good job of basically carrying fucking lame ass Hulk Hogan's move set around while he poses and gets the crowd going nuts and staggers around and finally drops. Uh, I 
really enjoyed him, and I'm glad that you brought up uh, Jesse Ventura. I we I talked about this a little bit when we were going through those like A and E documentaries, and like the behind the curtain, like make it make sense. We want to know what's going on. That's what he was good at was because he he wasn't just like what Chris was shitting on earlier, just make you feel stupid for for believing what was going on he would walk you through the logic of both of the guys and uh, actually make you feel like as much of an asshole as he was that you're like kind of learning stuff from him as you're watching him and that just adds so much to it as nowadays uh announcers pretty much just detract in, in my opinion but go ahead yeah chris yeah so um we also get heenan being heenan's best at ringside, interfering at every possible moment, taking Hogan's attention, grabbing right, Hogan's leg. ankle, yeah. doing this, doing that, just being Heenan, taking, I mean, bumping fucking machine, taking bumps over the top rope, fucking, I mean, the guy was just amazing at everything he did, um, to the point where he gets involved so much that we did what I forgot, I forgot that this happened, we did my favorite thing, a referee ejection. Yes, you know, the first one I that it would be my earliest one seeing in WWF at the time. Uh, but he's not just ejected. He's carried out like a giant board by a bunch of cops. <laughs> Jesse, first of all, Jesse's calling Hogan a dummy the entire match. Yeah. His dummy keeps falling for it, the dummy. So it's once again, we go back to it. It's not Bobby Heenan is evil. It's Hulk Hogan is stupid for falling for it. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not Bobby's being dastardly. No, no, no. It's the other guy. It's not he's the bad guy. The other guy's bad because he's a dummy. He keeps falling for the shit. Right. That's fucking amazing, right? So they carry it's Hogan out. It's only cheating out. if you get caught. It's only cheating if you get caught, right? They carry Heenan out. <laughs> Jesse wants to know if they're real cops or rent-a-cops. Rent hired by Hogan. <laughs> Hired by Hogan. But I run a cops hired by Hogan. <laughs> they lock uh they lock Bobby Heenan out of the arena and we go to commercial with Bobby Heenan going, Hey, flat foot <laughs> Let me out of here. Hey, let me in there. Flat I've got a match. Foot. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Heenan being fucking amazing. Brandon thoughts on that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, I was curious why you guys picked this at first, and then you just, like, really reinvigorates your appreciation for wrestling, just watching how good these guys are at this stuff. And it's, it's so fucking funny and, and entertaining. You it, you almost – I almost find myself getting frustrated where you're like, dude, th this shit is on YouTube. Go watch it. You don't – it's not that complicated to, right. to be decent at this. Right. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you – I. If Jim, if you remember, what line from this match stands out to you the most from watching it as a kid? I'm on the spot here. I don't remember. Sorry. Orndorff on rubbery oh, legs. Oh, Orndorff on rubbery legs. That's right. <laughs> Orndorff we on must... rubbery legs. So it. All right. So here's a, a peek into our into the way that they used to do this, and I didn't realize it until I got older, and I watched Saturday Night's main event on um on uh the network yeah. so if you watch those the the early matches would have they would have matches on after the main event right so they would run it 
earlier and tape it and then put the some of the preliminary matches on later when there wasn't much of a crowd in there. So when you watch those, that would be like the second or third match because it would be, at this point now be midnight on the East Coast. Right. Right. So you're losing a lot of audience. So they would do that match like third and then you would have matches after that. But all the matches after that had nobody in the seats because nobody had gotten there yet. They hadn't filled up the arena. It was almost like they were dark matches and they would air them later. Hmm. It was very strange how they did it. And I didn't know this. I didn't realize this. I was watching it as an adult and I was like, oh, now I remember. Because Hogan would wrestle Orndorff like third match in. And then there would be like two more matches afterwards. Um, so anyway, we get back to the ring. Uh, Hogan starts taking the, uh, you know, he starts hulking up. He's taking control of the match. And I totally forgot about this. And it's probably in my opinion one of the most memorable run-ins in wrestling history in the words of jesse ventura some fat sweat hog old lady runs into the ring and this fat sweat hog gets nuked by hogan and we find out that it is the returning adrian adonis yes now, Adrian Adonis started out, he was like a tough biker guy. He disappeared, got really fat. He was always big. He disappeared, got really sloppy, and came back as like a, I don't, what would you use to describe it? A, a trans woman? No. Or, I would no. Just, hold on. No. Watch, hold on. He it was, no, he was just flamboyant. But he didn't wear dresses normally. He didn't dress no. as a woman. So no, he wasn't he a, mi- I would say he was a cross-dresser. He cross-dressed. Cross-dresser. He cross-dressed. Okay. Okay. Yes. okay. Which was very strange in for 1986. So much I mean, so. Let me, explain, let me explain this to, to the listeners at home. So much so that he created a feud with – he created the flower shop with Adrian Adonis. So it was basically like an interview segment. And he had these flowers behind him, and he would – be very flamboyant and you know and rowdy roddy piper did not like this Mm-mm. and it was a weird queer phobic angle where he didn't want kids at home seeing his kids at home seeing a man like adrian adonis yeah it would corrupt them corrupt them it was very very uh-uh it was fucking back then it was very uh-uh Mm-hmm. I'm sure my mother was like, "Yeah, get him, Roddy, show him." But I, 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 I I'm gonna stand up for her. She was not like that at all. <laughs> so, but... so we were she like... also and and also dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jane here to defend herself. Um, Adrian Donis. Adrian Donis also. Everybody involved in this is dead except for Hogan. So this was. He was a bad guy because he was portrayed a queer man. Well, that was a big part of it, but he was also a fucking asshole. Total heel. Yeah, I mean, let's, but let's be realistic. But, his but the per- driving force of his heeldom was like was he portrayed. Well, a queer he couldn't man. be a good guy because he's a queer man. Mm-hmm. Brandon, thoughts? All you need to know about this and the Roddy Piper side of it is that someone comes out that is a man dressed like a woman, and. Roddy Piper, who appears to be in immense pain, is so infuriated that he comes crutching 
to the ring. Like even at this state, I I have to do something about the fact that this well, is going on. Yeah. Also understand though, there's more to this, and I'm not, you know, there's more to the story. Also remember, Piper went away. Adrian Adonis came back. He hadn't been around for a little bit. He came back and he took over that time slot hmm. of the show. Not only did he take over the time slot of the show, he took away Bob Orton. Yeah, Bob Orton. Bob Orton now became his guy. He was stealing everything from Piper, and he was a queer man. So we couldn't have any of this. Yes. 1983. And the, the reason so, why he is, his knee was blown out was because they took it out. Yeah. That's some of it that's missing from this. Cause we only watched the, the segment. It's very problematic. Very, very problematic. We're not denying that. It's very problematic. But I, w- I will say that there's enough gray area there that it's, it's not nearly as simple as what, what I phrase it as, which is a lot of the WWE shit this time that is controversial today is like, yeah, this was going on, but also he did fuck him up in a wrestling ring one time, so it could have right, been right, about right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> he, well, he confronted, he comes back, so it's just to clear this all up. So, yeah, uh, Rowdy Piper comes back and he confronts Adrian Adonis, who took his slot and took his bodyguard, and he confronts him, and he's and this his whole confrontation is based around how he's corrupting children. Which is no, it's no, 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 which no. Which is no. which is no good. Yeah, no good. But, but let's now. Let he me was say now, Adrian Adonis was an amazing heel, regardless of yes. who he was betraying or there, portraying. There was, I, I'll never forget there was a squash match. Now this is this is the level at which Adrian Adonis, like I said, this is the level at which Adrian Adonis took this. Adrian Adonis went away. He wrestled all over. You know, he did his little trip around the country. He came back and intentionally put on weight and stopped working out. Mm-hmm. So he would be big and fat, mm-hmm. right? He's wrestling in a squash match on Saturday afternoon, eating a bunch of grapes the entire time he's beating the shit out of the guy. Yeah, he was a, like, he was a Lego, like, like, he, like he, he was a hedonist. <laughs> yeah. hedonist. So amazing um, bumper. Oh, my God. You see it in this dude, match. Yeah. I mean, he takes that bump over the top rope. It's insane he flopped all over the fucking place but go and ahead continue was, with the match let's well, continue with well the over 300 pounds so i know i think i think we're at the end so so piper comes out piper's got the crutch he starts teeing off uh it's a disqualification piper still comes down on the knee the bad knee he starts attacking everybody in the ring he almost attacks hogan hogan's ends up with the crutch now we get the classic hogan miming the conversation that he's having in his head. Yes. Whose crutch is this? Is this his crutch? Is he for me? Or are we fighting? I don't know what's going on. I'm Hulk Hogan. That's, I must do this. That's this the is te- what he did. Yeah, that's for, the crowd, that's for the crowd in the that's, upper deck. That's what yeah, it is. He had to understand what was going on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, you got to give Hogan a lot of credit. Hogan was like Kiss. Kiss put makeup on so the people in the back row could see them. Hogan did that stuff so everybody knew exactly what was going on, and he was really good at it, you know? Um, so, the, yeah, that was that. Uh, I think we end up with a steel cage match after this with Orndorff. Uh, I'm not sure chronologically. I think that comes next. Mm. Um, and that really blows off this feud. Um, the storyline... The rumor is, and people have said that this is, you know, it's widely believed to be true. The rumor was if Hogan or if Andre can't go 
at WrestleMania. We start getting close to WrestleMania three, three. and Andre isn't able to wrestle. It's going to be Orndorff. Could you imagine the main event at WrestleMania being those two after what we saw in Saturday Night Main Event? I mean, I think it would have been fucking fantastic. Yes, and it certainly would have been more fun than Andre Hogan because I don't know about you, I thought that match was fucking boring. But it's iconic. It is boring. It's iconic. iconic. It is. It Andre is could barely barely take a bump. Brandon, yeah, thoughts on this match? This whole segment. Good. I I mean, this is so much going on, so much chaos. You're immediately sucked in to the TV. I think this was a great pick at first when I was watching it. I was the first five minutes or so. I was like, this is, what is this uh, Saturday night main event? Like some random thing. What, what is coming here? Is this just to show off Paul Warndorf's in ring ability? And then the last five minutes, I would say all hell breaks loose. And right when I was a little confused, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so we're checking out. Good, yeah. It was a good it, pick we, by whichever one selected. Yeah. When we were discussing it, I, I had mentioned, when we were talking about like memorable Orndorff moments, I mentioned this match. It's just stuck with me because we watched it so many times. Yeah, One there were things st- about this about when Orndorff in particular, and just to say, one of the moves that I fucking loved that he did was the thing where he went into the rope slowly, stalled, and then dropped the forearm on the guy's head. And size even, it up the whole way. Yes. I, it was something that even so much that I did it in backyard wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I used that move in backyard wrestling. I thought it was so cool the way he did that. He just slowed everything down by doing it. It looked like it hurt. I wonder if it's great. He was legit. But sadly, Orndorff Orndorf got a pin arm. Now, Chris, yeah, do you so, know why Orndorff got a pin yeah, arm? He got a so really Orndorf, skinny arm. Orndorff said that he got a – I think they said Orndorff said that he got a neck injury just wrestling Hogan at a house show, took a clothesline, hurt his neck. No biggie. It wasn't like Hogan was being rough. Um, And, uh, you know, it was just uh, something that happened. And apparently he also claimed that at the time they were making like 20 grand a week. Hmm. And Orndorff being the guy that he was, he was like, fuck this, I'll tough it out until this money goes away and then I'll get it fixed. And by the time he went to go fit it, get it fixed, the doctor was like, eh, too late, man. There's nothing we can do about it. So it ended up causing the arm to atrophy. If you look at Kurt Angle, he has the same problem. Ultimo Dragon Except suffers. The Ultimo right? Dragon. Yeah, well, he set that, that, um, there was a doctor that the WCW used to send to that like butchered his, his uh, yeah. surgery. Yeah. Because, he won a, a big lawsuit against that yeah. doctor. Yeah. Uh, Ultimo Dragon, I was going to bring him up and, um, and Kurt Angle, both yeah. of them, both of his arms. He's got two pin arms. Um, he's working as an agent and a uh, working at the power plant for WCW for years. Beats up Big Van Vader. Everybody, if you know that story, it doesn't matter. Talked about but it a couple beats, weeks ago. Yeah, we yeah. did. So we don't have to tell it again. Um, and <laughs> and then for some reason, he's in the fucking ring with fucking Rey Mysterio and a woman. Yeah. Okay, maskless Rey Mysterio and a woman. You couldn't find anybody to this fucking poor guy to do this match against Mark Gingerak and some other dudes. These gigantic <laughs> dudes that can do all these athletic things. Lying around against fucking Orndorff, who has got to be, what was that, 90? What did we say? It was 99? I thought it was 2000. I'll look into it, but go ahead. Let's just say, all right, so if it was 2000, he was 51. 
He was born in 49, so he was at least 50 years old. He's in the ring. Not only is he in the ring, he's flying around the ring. He picks up, I believe, did yeah, you find it? 1999, yeah. 1999. December 13th okay, of so 1999. He's 50 years old, this guy, with a bad neck, a pin arm. A fucking right? arm. He picks up, I believe, Gingerack for a pile driver, and when he sits down... He looks like me taking a shit. That's what he looks like. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of, or- that's the end of Orndorff. That fucking pin arm. That pin right. arm, that pile driver. Brandon, did, Brandon was not here, so he didn't hear the discussion. So... I became, I worked with a bunch of guys who still watched wrestling, and I wasn't really watching it, but at the time, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> they could not get over his pin arm. They're like, you gotta see him with this fucking arm. We laughed and laughed about his fucking pin arm for months, and then this match happened. And we laughed about his busted-ass pin arm and getting his broken neck. Of course, we turned it into the reason lost it was because he stabbed himself with his pin arm this uh, <laughs> so brandon what you what'd you think about pin arm orndorf i mentioned earlier i watched these videos in the craziest order because i had just come off of watching a video that contained a 30 second zoom in clip of him just continually pumping his tricep and then i cut right to this and it's Extremely debilitated, Howie Long, flat top, Paul Warndorf. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh, shit. And he looks like he's basically wrestling two gigantic kids that had just got into, like, too much red dye 40. They're just, like, right. bouncing off of the walls, flying into the fucking post, <laughs> out of the ring. Like, the most reckless-ass wrestlers that you'll ever see so, in your life. Go yeah, ahead. we're going to get we're gonna get Gingerack. Another dude who was another, somebody we know. Who another juicy ass guy. Another juicy ass fucking shiny dude. Shiny Ray Mysterio. <laughs> shiny Ray Mysterio. A woman. Some lady. I don't, some lady. I gotta look. And then we're like, I know fill out this six man. <laughs> you know what'll make this really work? A fifty year old dude with a pin arm. Oh my, oh my God! God. This they is were pretty, so pretty wonderful. Pretty wonderful with him and Roma. He, he pretty wonderful, right? Like to, like Chris said, he he's like just kind of trying to survive in there, and then he he goes for this pile driver, and it's the closest thing that you'll ever get to just basically watching someone's body explode. <laughs> they they the fall. The interior of his body just burst. Yeah, you could just Bye. feel it. Yeah. You could just feel it to his heel bone through his neck just c- compress, and he just kind of like flops onto his back, and his weird little p- pin arm that w- I just saw be pin a arm. gigantic Hold tricep on, is just laying there so stiff. <laughs> and that's it. They don't. He's using the pin arm like he's ducking punches because he's right-handed. His pin arms is right hand. He's punching guys with his pin arm. Like, what the fuck's he doing with that thing? <laughs> he doing nothing. Oh my god! Uh, so on December thirteenth of nineteen ninety nine, Orndorff wrestled against the Harris Twins in a handicap match by a losing effort 
on Monday Night Nitro at the 2020 Fall Brawl in a match between the Filthy Animals and the Natural Born Thrillers. Orndorff suffered a neck injury after delivering a pile driver. The referee that was just straight compression. Yeah. Yeah. The referee Charles Robinson stopped the match as a result after Orndorff retired for the final time. Blah 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 blah. It was after he retired he began to run the power plant. So he's got. He's got that was basically like it was a piece of like paper that was torn all the way till there was like a centimeter left. And that's probably what he was walking around on every day of his life. And then he does a pile driver pop. That wasn't an injury that was sustained begin uh, 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 front to back. In that one oh, moment. No. This yeah, that was an injury that started and it was it was it was a centimeter from just his entire body exploding and that pile driver did it. Warndorf was forced to retire due to his previous injuries in the WWF with the entire right side of his body beginning to atrophy. I couldn't tell. Eventually causing his <laughs> arm and leg yes. muscles to shrink. I didn't notice his skinny ass leg. Does he have a skinny leg too? I guess so. Well, it's a guess leg. so. You got a pin leg and a pig on, pin arm. Pin, pin arm, leg. pin leg. <laughs> R.I.P. Paul Orndorff. Yeah. I feel bad laughing at it, but boy, what a fucking way to go out as a wrestler is to just basically spontaneously combust in the <laughs> ring and then just lay there uh, apparently paralyzed, get pinned, and then they just cut the commercial and you're like, never see that guy again. <laughs> Burst in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God! Hold up, hold up! I'm I'm on his Wikipedia page, which I haven't been on before, which is kind of strange. But he um, wrestled the Great Muda at Slamboree for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yes, he did. <laughs> can't I can't with that pin arm. Yeah. Pin arm, <laughs> I man. Have to do a retro review. Holy <laughs> shit! All right. Well, any final thoughts on Paul Orndorff besides that he's dead? He had he final had a, thoughts. Had I'm a, dying. He had a pin arm. He died. I, he had dementia. I think that's what they don't know if that's what was led to his death, but he definitely had dementia at the end there. He wasn't doing too good. So as he was dying, he was saying, I don't know how to poopies. He would have been much better served just actually dying to <laughs> from Mark his pin Gindrak, arm. Whoever, whatever that <laughs> Mark Gingerack. What if Gingerack had jumped and done that cross body and he was being a, an old man with a pin arm and a pin leg, couldn't duck it, would have taken his fuck. I would have killed him. He ducks under a cross body. If he had taken that cross body, if a pile driver blew his neck out and paralyzed him. Oh, my God. That, that, that imagine if arm. that would have happened. That fucking arm. That's a, a guy who's, who spent decades. What is it, Chris? Think about the muscle in. Yeah. What was the line? Concentrate on the muscle. Think God. about the muscle. And then he think then he gets the to a point muscle. in his life where he's, think about the pin. That's getting and you, <laughs> you got a you little watch the last ounce. You watch the last ounce of energy leave his body as he just like, crumbled. See Paul, Jim, I'm telling you right now, if you go down in the middle of the night and get something to drink, and Paul Orndorff's robe is floating around your house. <laughs> I ain't scared of no ghost. Ooh. <laughs> like, oh my god, does the wait wait a minute, does the is it the ghost does the ghost have the pin arm or is the ghost have like the regular arm? Yeah, I'd be like, what's up with that arm? Let me see what's going on here. Let me poke it a little bit. 
Whoa. All right. Excellent job. Excellent job. I guess I should select our next match. I'm going to pick a lot of people have been talking. There's a lot of work on the streets. A lot of words on the streets that work. A lot of words work on the streets about who the best woman's wrestler of all time is. So I'm going to go with uh, Manami Toyota versus Kyoko Inoue. From, I don't know what the date is on that. But we're gonna have to a lot of that. screaming. There's gonna be a lot of screaming in this. Oh, one. you better fucking believe there's gonna be a lot of screaming. <laughs> you know what, Chris? It's in Japanese. Just mute it. Miami Toyota versus. I can't. Yoko. I can't do that. I have to. I have to get the whole. I'm gonna find the whole the... experience. I agree with you. I'm always like, I'm just gonna watch this with the sound off, and two minutes in, I'm listen to them. Oh, I fucking love it. Are you kidding me? Let me get this. Screech. Nineteen ninety-five. Okay, so it's the one we're gonna watch is Kyoko Saturday Inoue versus event. What? Manami Toyota from July fifth of nineteen ninety-five. Everybody talk. Everybody talking about who the best woman wrestler of all time is because recency so bias rules. And uh, you know this shit wouldn't be fucking. Most of these male wrestlers wouldn't be as good as they were if it wasn't for Manami Toyota. So. Let's watch one of her matches. Okay, never... So what's the what's the match? Wendy Richter versus the fabulous Mula WrestleMania one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Alexa Bliss versus. Um... What? Uh, no, no, no. You said recency bias. I want to hear who the recency bias is. I would Charlotte Flair, greatest wrestler of all time, greatest female. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I would say that, but go okay. Greatest female wrestler of all time. Oh, there's been a Stace... lot of recency bias. Again. Stacy. Keebler. She's the greatest wrestler in my, <laughs> my opinion. The Duchess of Dudleyville. <laughs> couch dance, couch dance, put me in that couch trance. Excellent. So that's what we're going to watch. <laughs> now you may hear this in the middle of an episode or you may hear this as the only episode next week. So we'll see what happens. Or this week. I mean, this we're not week. recording this ahead of time, I swear. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Uh, I don't have to talk. I don't have to say anything. We can just leave. <laughs>